Hi, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with the Queen. I'm Nicole. And I'm Cindy. Welcome back for the third and final episode in this series where Cindy is again hitting the street and asking people what they know about coffee. So, Cindy, do you want to tell us what we should expect to learn today? Well, sure, Nicole. As a reminder, we have been fortunate enough to have five lovely volunteers with different levels of coffee knowledge. First, we had two coffee lovers that claimed to not be very knowledgeable, although they did show some knowledge, whether they knew they had it or not. yeah. Yeah. Next, we had two gentlemen who have some knowledge about coffee. And then our last participant was one self-described coffee geek. And he does have quite a bit of knowledge about coffee. I think that was a great summary. And so thus far, we've covered topics related to bean properties, roast properties, and brewing properties. And tonight, we're going to continue in that vein, ending with some common coffee myths. And hopefully, we will be able to put the kibosh on them. (laughs) I hope so. As a reminder, everything that we covered today is available on our blog, coffeewiththequeen.com, as a blog entry. For many of the topics, we've also covered them on our podcast. You can just search that at coffeewiththequeen.podbean.com and you should be able to find the relevant podcast. Just want to apologize that I do have a cold, so there may be some sniffling and coughing that Cindy can't edit out, but be assured that Cindy and I are both in our own homes, and so I am not infecting her. No, we're being safe. We're in separate desks and we're both masked. I'm just kidding. Okay. So do you want to jump right back into the questions, Nicole? Let's go for it. Okay. Do you think that you can burn coffee? So once again, we'll start with our novices, then we'll segue into our middle-of-the-road knowledge people, and when appropriate, we will end with our coffee aficionado. Okay. Burn coffee. Yes, I suppose you can, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Pretty basic answers. Now our two mm-hmm. uh, middle, middle-range knowledge people. Yes. Yeah, I definitely think you could burn coffee. And our aficionado? Yes, it can. Okay. There's complete agreement that, yes, in fact, coffee can burn, which is good. <laughs> yes, I think that they are all very conscientious tasters. I think I said that last time. That if, they're being, if they're able to taste the difference between properly brewed and burnt coffee. And yes, coffee can burn. <laughs> yes, coffee does burn. And we're lucky because we have some interviewees with really good palates who recognize that. So I followed this up because, obviously, if you know that your coffee can burn. What do you think the best way is to keep your coffee warm? Maybe with a carafe, an insulated carafe. That was one of our novices. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. No. (laughs) Probably in an insulated mug. I I like how my French press is set up. it's, It's like a double vacuum wall, and it just keeps it warm that way. Oh, so it's an insulated pot. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't like coffee to sit around. I, I just, if I know I can drink it quick enough, if it's going to be in a drip machine, that's probably my go-to. But again, I don't like to let it sit because then it kind of gets that, I don't want to say scorched, but it gets kind of a burnt. So you don't taste. worry about keeping coffee warm. You just drink it quickly. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's all about fresh. Okay. I grind it quick and drink it quick. Okay, so those were some good answers. They were great answers. I just wanted to point out that there are two ways that you can burn coffee. 
it's most people don't realize that. So one is by brewing with coffee, with water that is too hot. So if you brew coffee with boiling water, you are actually burning the coffee. You want your brewing water to be just off boil, so anywhere between 195 and 205 degrees optimally. Anything warmer than 205 degrees will burn your coffee, and it will just taste bitter. So it may not burn your mouth, but it will actually burn the coffee. So it, it would be like edible burnt toast. You know, you might not necessarily process it as being burnt, but it will be burnt in the other way, which I think this is where you were going with your question is by leaving your coffee on a burner. So if anyone who has a drip brewer that has a a warming plate, leaving brewed coffee on that warming plate does not extend the life of your coffee. It just continues to cook your coffee, basically. So a thermal or insulated craft mug or brewer is absolutely the best way to go. Double walled glass cup. Well, that will that will extend it a little, but if you want to preserve it for you know, coffee stales within 30 minutes, so if you want to preserve that out for an hour, the double walled won't keep it fresh, but it will keep it warmer. But I guess that's a totally different topic anyway. So, And I feel like that's an amazing point you just said about brew temperature, because people also, as one of our early questions pointed to, don't realize that they might be brewing at a lower temperature and their coffee might ever get hot enough. It's the same idea that if it's too warm, you're going to burn it right from the start. Yeah, or if you throw it into the microwave. I've seen people reheat coffee, I know, uh, by putting it in the microwave, which is also just a horrendous idea. Often that will burn the coffee, but it also just essentially overcooks the coffee. It's it's not optimal. (laughs) Right, and I think we talked about this in our holiday episode, but there are really people that also have those stay warm trays on their desks. Yes. And they keep the coffee on those little burners, and that makes me crazy. (laughs) Yes. All bad ideas. If you're looking for new ways to keep your coffee warmer longer, we definitely have a podcast on that, and we definitely have blog entries on that. So, Yeah, and we've definitely talked about it a few times. So, Yeah, so I won't, we won't go through all the methods here, but there is more information available on our blog and our podcast site if you want to find ways to keep your coffee tasting fresher and good longer. I do enjoy drinking it fast, though. That might have been my favorite answer from this series. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is a great answer. I mean, that is the best way to ensure you get warm, fresh coffee. Drink it fast. Drink it fast. Small cups, drink them quickly. Okay, fantastic. So we have a few more questions that concern the coffee itself, meaning uh, brewing or beans, before we get into the myth category. So let me go on with the next question. Okay. Do you think there's a best way to make coffee? Probably. <laughs> I I know there are a variety of ways to make it, so that would make my me think there is a best way. I don't know what that is, though. And here come our middle range. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, there probably is. Very early in my coffee journey but i would say i really like french press um i drink i well before that i I only drank keurig coffee and when i'm in the office i still drink keurig coffee i don't like keurig coffee now (laughs) i would say french press followed by like a regular like drip mr coffee machine and our aficionado uh no it's person to person i would say yes it is person to person 
I would agree with you. I think it's definitely something that has to do with each individual's palate in terms of that preference. That said, if you ask almost any coffee roaster, barista, or taster, they will almost always say a pour over because it does give you the cleanest brew and the one that allows you to taste the most flavors within the coffee and the complexity within the coffee. But that is, a you know, the pour over is a brew type, but it's also just a method of tasting the full range of the coffee notes. It's definitely not the best. It is probably the preferred among coffee tasters and baristas. But to your point, there is no best way. It's really the best way is how you enjoy it. Although I, I have to say, I find it really interesting that I think our coffee fan can go between a Keurig and a French press because they're so different. The French press is so rich and has all those oils in it. And then you get a Keurig cup, which will certainly not have it. It's going to be, a, it's bitter and it could be dense depending on how you brew it. Or if you, I don't think I could easily go from drinking a rich, full, oily French press cup to drinking a Keurig cup. I, I'm going to just make this recommendation for him or anyone else out in this position. You might want to invest in an AeroPress. It's, I think, $20. It doesn't require electricity. All you need is hot water. You can keep it in your desk. Really easy to clean. You'll be able to get a nice single cup of coffee in about 60 seconds once you have boiled water. Or, or warm, not boiled water. Just off boiled water. Just off boiled. Just off boiled. And it will be infinitely better than the Keurig. Well, I agree with you about all of that. And I did. I didn't play it for you, but I did have a whole discussion with him about drinking uh, Keurig at work, and it's just a convenience thing because that's what's there. So I don't think he thought it through anymore. But perhaps after this, he'll, you know, think it through a little bit more. He might not even know there's options. That's very. I hadn't thought about that. Right. Right. And he said, you know, he's got a very defined palate, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he said he's early in his coffee journey, so we're taking that into consideration, and I hope we're helping him. I hope we are too. And you know, no judgment if you can if you can go between the French press and the Keurig, then you have a very broad palate. So that is something to applaud. <laughs> but, I heard dissatisfaction in his answer. So okay, that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> I do think you know palate is a big thing to point out here. Like somebody who likes a very rich, thick cup mm-hmm. might prefer a French press. Mm-hmm. As their brew method. You know, and then somebody who likes that strong flavored shot might prefer to have an espresso. Yeah, or like me, um, I generally, generally for most coffees, will go for a pour over or a drip. But my go-to tends to be Central American and African coffees that are anywhere between a medium and a full city roast. But sometimes when I go into a darker roast or if I'm going to have a Peru, I actually love it in a French press. There's a few coffees that I actually prefer in a French press because I love the base notes. So it it can it can change from palate to palate and then also just between coffees. I always tell people if you think you really love a coffee and you love coffees that are very similar to a particular coffee and you don't like the particular coffee you're drinking, try a different brew method because it might be a game changer. And I feel like some of the brew methods, it's very inexpensive to have them to try. Yeah. A, a pour over is not expensive. A basic French press is not expensive. A small mocha pot is not expensive. And then if you discover you like the way the coffee tastes from these devices, then you can invest, you know, in a better made machine. But for trying them out, I think go for it. Those are also very durable brewing methods. There's no technology. There's no plugs. I mean, taking care of a French press could easily last you 20, 30 years. 
you know, $20 investment that could last you 30 years. Unless you're me, of course. And you, you, you press the plunger so hard that it goes flying off into space or, you know, you bend the handle yes, back. Unless, unless <laughs> yeah, then we've had French presses where I've finally been, you my mother has, where I'm like, Mom, we have to just let these go now because we've had them. You know, I remember them when I was eight and she was telling me not to depress the plunger. Some of them have gotten easier to use as well as less expensive. And one of our middle of the range interviewees here said his is double walled. That's fantastic. That is great. Yeah. Okay. So fundamentally, there is no best way to brew coffee. If you want to try all of the nuances and get to taste all the nuances of the coffee, Nicole has told us that it's recommended that you go with a pour over. But why don't you explore all the different ranges of coffee brewing technologies and then find the one that suits your palate the best, maybe even more than one, depending on the coffee you're drinking. Mm -hmm. Did I get it all? I think you got it all. It's a great summary. Okay, fantastic. All right, then. I'm going to move it along then. And this is an interesting question. It's concerning uh, caffeine and roast. And it's one that many people get wrong. And this would be our last what I'll say, direct bean-related question. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. I have a picture of three coffee beans. The first one is a light color, the second one is a medium color, and the third one is a dark color. Okay, so these beans all looked the same size, width, etc. Okay. So we have a light bean, a medium-colored bean, and a dark-colored bean. Okay, and should we make the assumption here that it's like the, the same green bean that's roasted to three different shades yes okay so given these three which one do you think has the most caffeine and which one do you think has the least or do you think they all have the same amount of caffeine or novice i guess i would think the darker one had more caffeine okay i would actually think that number one would have the most amount of caffeine so the lightest one So this is interesting. So I went a little bit further. This is our second novice. That is interesting. Why do you think that? Because in this picture, I don't know why, but the lightest one looks to be the more healthier of the three beans. Okay. Healthier. In the sense of maybe just picked as opposed to been sitting out for a little bit. Okay. Almost, almost. Okay. So here are our middle of the road people. As far as I know, uh, yeah. the darker roasted beans actually tend to have less caffeine because they're roasted longer, and that actually burns off the caffeine. Okay. Uh, the light. The lightest one. And why is that? Um, I, I, I thought it was dark, uh, but then I, I spoke to Joanne, who told me it was the lighter <laughs> ones that have more caffeine. Okay, so that's my sister. So obviously I've taught her a thing or two. So let's go on to our aficionado. <laughs> Uh, I want to say the the light roast would probably have the most. Okay, so go ahead, Nicole. You can give the definitive response. The light roast has the most caffeine. Caffeine is burned off during the roasting process, so the darker the roast, that means the longer the bean has been exposed to high heat and the less caffeine it has. I did find it very interesting. I was wondering where the second novice was going, saying the bean looks healthier when it's lighter. That was really interesting. It doesn't have anything to do with caffeine content. 
I just found that very interesting. But yeah, it's definitely the lighter the roast, the more caffeine you have. If you're looking at a particular coffee or it's even coffee from a particular region, lighter the roast, more caffeine. And in general, with very few exceptions, the lighter the roast, the more caffeine. We talked before about how some coffees are naturally more caffeinated than mm-hmm. other coffees. But in a general sense, lighter the roast, more caffeine. Yes. So if you go into a coffee shop and they have 10 coffees for you to choose from, and they have something that they call like a blonde roast or a breakfast blend, it is likely to have much more caffeine than their Italian roast, French roast, espresso, one of those much darker beans. And this is something we addressed in the first of this series that people are using those words like rich and dark and full, and they're thinking it's related to caffeine, but it has nothing to do with caffeine. Exactly. So that concludes my bean-related, I will say my directly bean-related questions. And then I went on to some of the common myths to see what our interviewees thought. And you all have heard many of these things since you were a child in the news. You've heard people tout them probably from grade school times. So... You want to get into the myths? Let's do it. Okay. These always crack me up. Do you believe or have you heard that coffee causes dehydration? Yes. Is it a no. dehydrate? No. Okay. So those were our two novices. Okay. A yes and a no. Okay. No, I don't think so. Yes, I believe that. And those were our two mids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's a diuretic. And there's our coffee geek. Okay, so he is right and wrong. Right, nobody's completely wrong, right? Nobody's completely right. (laughs) We can definitively say that coffee does not cause dehydration, according to the Mayo Clinic, at least we can say coffee, despite being a diuretic, does not cause dehydration, unless it's drunk in excessive quantities. And the reason is because coffee is 99% water. Right. Coffee is 99% water, but caffeine is a mild diuretic. So mm-hmm. with a typical cup of coffee, the water content is going to balance out and negate essentially any diuretic property in the coffee. Exactly. So for a typical six-ounce cup of coffee, you should actually be slightly net positive in terms of hydration. Right. People are always shocked to hear this. You know, if you drink... 100 ounces of coffee, which would be pretty dangerous, at that point you might have tipped the scale just because you've consumed way too many liquids um, in a short period of time and too much caffeine. And I heard something pretty uh, disappointing because a friend of mine said she was just at the doctor's who told her that the caffeine was going to dehydrate her in coffee. I don't know if coffee and caffeine are things that are really taught in medical school in terms of dehydration. Right, I think they just think caffeine dehydrates you. Yeah, I think it's partly what they've just learned from life. By that, I don't think coffee is something that's really studied, or caffeine is something that's highly studied or taught in medical school. But according to at least this Mayo Clinic study, they're very confident that coffee is not a dehydrant. I think we even referenced more than one study. So if you're really interested in learning more about this, you can certainly find the references in our blog. Yes. Okay. So I'll go on to the next question then? Yes. 
do you believe that it is safe or not safe for a pregnant person to drink coffee? I don't know. I mean, I've heard you shouldn't, but I don't know. And you don't know the specifics, like if there are any rules around it. Right, or why you shouldn't. In certain amounts, yes. Nice answer. Yeah, she's good at these. <laughs> Let's hear our middle-of-the-road person. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Actually, you know, he's, I know that he's married. He's probably like, if, if she wants coffee, she's going <laughs> to have it. I'm going to go on. Yeah, but I think it's the limit. Whoa. I plead the fifth. I have no idea. Let's just put it this way. My mom, I know for sure, drank a plethora of coffee while she had me. Yeah. So can't say it turned out bad. So <laughs> I, I'm going to say it's probably not bad. So you think it's, it's okay to drink coffee when you're pregnant? Sure. Okay. I can tell you that Phil is a very tall guy, so I guess he figures if he grew up to be such a big strapping guy, hey, you know, I, that it can't be bad. My mom drank, drank coffee while she was pregnant with me. My grandmother definitely did while she was pregnant with my mom. We all turned out okay. And every female in our family has consumed coffee while pregnant. And yeah, everyone has turned out absolutely fine we're, we're all of average height or taller healthy no physical ailments i i guess i'm okay i'm sure Loli, lola had coffee <laughs> <laughs> it is safe for pregnant women to consume up to 200 milligrams of caffeine per day so that is you know, all of your caffeine which would include chocolate coffee tea and any other form of caffeine so if you soda red bill it is safe, according to the, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. And that's like a 12-ounce cup of coffee. So that's like two six-ounce cups. Yeah. It's a, I mean, you could have coffee, chocolate, and you, know, you could have a six-ounce cup of coffee or an espresso with some chocolate and even some tea. Or so, I mean, that, 200 milligrams is a significant amount of caffeine. And if you're drinking an Arabica coffee, that six ounce cup of Arabica, the higher quality coffee will have less caffeine than a lower quality coffee. So if you are pregnant and you want to maximize your caffeine put or maximize your coffee intake, look for the highest quality coffee because it will have less caffeine. Yeah. I'm going to go even one step further, Nicole. Decaf coffees. They're not what they used to be. No, they're very good actually. Decaf coffees taste wonderful now. People are still thinking about decafs like, I don't know, that their parents had or their grandparents had. Probably the chemical decafs. And, you know, Mills especially, I mean, your mother really went to that next level to make sure that we produce a good and a tasty decaf. Yeah, no, we are one of the few that use CO2 decaffeinated coffees, which is the best decaffeination process for ensuring the quality of the coffee is maintained and the integrity and structure of the coffee is maintained during the decaffeination. So you do have a little bit of flavor loss, but very, very little. Very little. I think to give this an example, I accidentally was testing French roast, French roast decaf. At one time, yeah, I brought home two bags. I did my little taste test, put them up in the cupboard. About two weeks later, I went to go have coffee and I just grabbed one of the bags didn't read it really carefully because our decaffeinated is written in very small letters at the bottom completely forgot that I even had decaffeinated in the house I drank the decaffeinated coffee 
for a week and I was like, what is wrong with me? I can't wake up. But I didn't know. I mean, and I drink our coffee all the time. I didn't know that I was drinking decaf. Yeah. It took me about five days of just feeling awful in the morning and thinking something was wrong with me or that I was getting a cold, but then I would snap back and I was like, it's just so weird before I, you know, something had me just look at the bag I think on that fifth or sixth morning, and I was like, I'm drinking decaf. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I'm not waking up. And I have a similar story with the Mexican, the Altura. So delicious. Oh, that's a good one. It's yep. so delicious. So I advise people, you know, if you are worried about your caffeine intake, try the decafs now. They're not what they used to be. You'd be pleasantly surprised, and then you could have more coffee. If you're limiting yeah. your caffeine intake. And remember that yeah. decaffeinated doesn't mean no caffeine. Some people think it means no caffeine. It usually has 1% or less of caffeine if it's a high-quality decaf. That CO2, at least, I don't know about the other methods, but for CO2 decaffeination, most of the caffeine is removed, but as you pointed to, not all of it. And if you want to kind of get the lowest possible amount of caffeine per cup, you'd want to go for a dark roast. Makes sense, right? Arabica. It makes sense. The darker the roast, the less caffeine. Yeah. We're bringing it all together, Nicole. We are. I know. I just... That rarely happens with me, that we've been able to go full circle. Yeah. So this was fun, guys. And I, you know, I'm going to stop here just for a second, just to thank all of our volunteers just one more time, because I really enjoyed this. And I learned a lot by discussing this in a different manner and listening to what you all had to say. So thanks a lot. Yes. And thank you. It's always really interesting to hear what people know, you know, what they're interested in learning more about. What kind of gets them excited when they find out the truth of a myth or right? just a common coffee question? Yeah, just learning, you know, what else we should work a little harder at to explain. Yes. Anyway, I'm going to move on now. Okay. Will coffee stunt your growth? Novice. No, I don't, please. I don't think so. <laughs> Middle guys. No. Okay. Not sure, but you got me thinking about it now. I have two cousins that drank coffee <laughs> since they were teenagers, and they're like five foot. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I want to say, yeah, say yes on that. Okay, my favorite answer he gave by far once again. And here is our coffee geek, self-proclaimed coffee geek. Um. Wow, jeez. I, I, I don't think so. No, I, I think that's a myth. All right, he thinks it's a myth? I think these guys did a good job. So um, it is a myth. Caffeine has been documented to facilitate calcium excretion, but the loss is so minimal that it has absolutely no impact on bone health or height. Right. And that's, I think that there's a Harvard study that says that. There right? is a Harvard study that, yeah. yes, that was the one that we referenced in our blog. And I'm, I'm comfortable. If they're comfortable saying that coffee does not stunt growth, I'm, co- I'm comfortable saying coffee does not stunt growth. Yeah, I trust Harvard too. And and also, I think that study pointed out that it doesn't lead to osteoporosis because that's the other myth that goes with that. Correct. Again, everyone in our family drinks a lot of coffee because it's our, you know, it's like a family member and it's it's, it's our world and no one has ever had osteoporosis. Not a single grandparent, parent, great-grandparent. I can give you the same story, although the pearls have not historically been in coffee. I am the first pearl in the coffee business, but we have all lived and breathed coffee. <laughs> and none of us have had that issue. So there you go. Who knows? Maybe one day they're going to find out that coffee actually helps bone health. Maybe maybe because it makes you hyper and want to go run and do other athletics, 
it actually, you know, the impact doesn't impact. I don't know where I'm going with this. This is what happens when I have a fever. I just kind of wonder around. <laughs> it doesn't impact in weightlifting, strength and bone density or increased bone density and strength yeah. and bone. Yeah. I mean, and I did a whole little thing about all the different ways that coffee can help you with your workout, which is going to lead to you being healthier. So stronger yeah. bones. Yeah. Stronger I heart, say, stronger lungs. Maybe if they really dig into this, they'll find coffee could actually help your bone health. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that we're going to talk more about health right now. So let me play this next question. Do you believe that there's cancer causing agents in coffee? I hope not. <laughs> she hopes not. Me too. <laughs> not to my knowledge. I don't know. I don't think so. Mm, I would say no. I mean, everything has something that could, that could cause cancer. Right. You uh, hear that everywhere anyway, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say specifically coffee. Okay. And our coffee geek. No, but I heard there's cancer helping. Yes. I cancer helping, but cancer... Hindering. And there you go. And I would say guys are pretty much spot on. Uh, coffee does not cause cancer. In fact, it is one of the greatest sources of antioxidants in the American diet. And that helps fight cancer and other really horrible diseases such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Heart disease. Heart disease. It can help with diabetes. Coffee does a lot of good. Definitely does not cause cancer. Definitely helps your body naturally, I don't want to say fight against, but stay cancer-free. It, it aids in that. Antioxidants have been shown time and time again to be a cancer-fighting agent, and coffee is high in antioxidants. So on that alone... High in antioxidants and high in anti-inflammatories. Right. Oh, anti-inflammatories. I mean, we didn't even talk about that stuff, right? Coffee. No, we didn't. And that doesn't have anything, I, to my knowledge, to do with cancer. But as I said, I'm just kind of rambling today. So as the thought comes up, it comes out. I'm glad you brought it up because we're talking about ways that coffee is good for you instead of bad for you. And anti-inflammatory, come on, it's great for your skin. It fights cellulite. It fights bloating. I mean, it's fabulous. It's also good for your brain, for your joints. It's a full body anti-inflammatory. Yeah, and you can, you can use it in so many different ways to help yourself, too. You can make a rub out of it and work on that cellulite. You can use it in your hair and help with the shine. I mean, coffee is, you know, it's like... Coffee's magical. It's like the fruit or the coffee seed of the gods. I mean, if there's something that could be good for you, I think coffee could do it. I, I might be biased. I don't know. I agree with that. I am biased, but I definitely agree with that. Well, that was the last question that I asked our interviewees on this series. But I mean, there are other health concerns that we didn't address like cholesterol. So I don't know. Do you want to take a minute on that? Sure. So this is a tricky one. Coffee and cholesterol have a very unique relationship. Coffee does have terpenes or what we would call oils, which can elevate LDL cholesterol if these oils or terpenes aren't filtered out during the brew process. But they're very easy to filter out with a paper filter. There are certain methods, brew methods, that aren't getting rid of the LDL cholesterols. And so if you have an issue with that, you maybe should avoid having your coffee brewed that way. And that would be like a French press or an espresso machine or a stovetop espresso. Yeah. So anyone who has any heart, any, any heart issue or any concerns about cholesterol, we would always recommend that they brew a drip brew with a paper filter in addition to whatever filter comes with your 
coffee brewer. The paper filter is absolutely the best way to filter out the LDL oils. Right. So if you're using a gold, a cone filter or what have you, still put the paper filter inside the cone filter and organic paper filters. I'm always pro-organic paper filters. Yes. Any kind of filter. I mean, they even have cloth filters. Getting that extra filter in there will really do the job and filter out those terpenes. Okay. So yeah, I just threw that in. I feel like we've talked a lot about coffee and health and coffee's benefits and debunking myths. We had a whole web series on it. So feel free to go back and check out the blog if you want to learn more about that. Yep. We do. We have, I believe, four blog entries on debunking coffee myths. Okay. So before we go today, I did touch base with our coffee geek and he actually had a question, which I thought some of our listeners might be interested in as well. Okay. So he wanted to know what makes a pea berry. His favorite coffee is El Salvador pea berry. And he wanted to know what distinguishes a pea berry from another type of coffee. Okay, that's a great question. The easiest place to start with the question of pea berry versus non-pea berry is to the physical look of a pea berry. So a pea berry is a coffee seed that has not split. Typically, when you look at a coffee seed, what you're actually looking at is one half of a coffee seed. So during the growth period, while the coffee cherry is maturing, the coffee seed splits into two seeds inside the cherry. And that's that line that you see. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, if anyone's ever looked at a coffee bean, it has this line down the middle that almost looks like a squiggly spine or crack. Yes. And that is where the seed split from its partner seed. A pea berry is typically a seed of a very old tree. Only old mature trees can produce pea berries. And the pea berry is a seed that never split. So it's a full seed. It's a very round seed. It won't have that distinctive crack down the center of the bean that we're used to seeing. It will have almost like a little fold in a crease (laughs) because it is a, a single bean. It's really like getting two beans in one. Right. It's kind of softer too, isn't it? Uh, Not necessarily. Hmm. But it will have a very complex flavor. Is it more intense because of its single growing? Hmm. It should actually be rounder. So not necessarily more intense, but much fuller and a little bit more complex. Interesting. And I know that I've seen pea berries from Africa, and I've seen pea berries from El Salvador, and I've seen pea berries from Colombia. Are there trees that produce pea berries in all of the growing regions? Any coffee tree in any coffee growing region or country can produce a pea berry. It doesn't have anything to do with this coffee plant species or variety. It's just to do with the age. So those older trees that are, you know, probably... Oh, I don't know. It could, it could happen at any age, but a tree that's 40 years old or older is most likely going to begin producing pea berries, could produce it at a younger age. It's all about coffee plant age. <laughs> I know that uh, pea berries are very rare. It's something like 5% of all coffee beans. Yep. And I know there are other beans that are different from our average coffee beans. I know they're really big beans. Um, Yeah, I would say we're used to looking at the Arabica beans, but there are beans that are very large, there are beans that are very small, and that has to do with variety, with species, and then with growing conditions. 
So you can get beans of all different sizes and shapes. So typically with roasters, like we roast typically um, size 18 beans. Sometimes we could roast larger beans. We could roast smaller beans. But all beans are graded on a particular scale. And most coffee roasters that focus on quality are going to roast on that 18 level. So all of our beans are going to be about screen size 18, maybe 17. What's a pea berry? Probably an 18. Okay. It's not the size of the bean that would be different. It's just the shape of it. The so shape rather of than it. being okay. a half, it's going to be like half an oval. It's just going to be the full oval. But it doesn't change the actual size of the bean. The um, size of the bean would be measured from tip to tip. It's not going to be the radius. Okay. Okay, great. That That is really interesting, Nicole. And that's something we haven't talked about before, I don't think. No, I don't think we have either. Okay. So with that, I think that I've... Actually, during our discussion, we answered any other question that I got from the interviewees. So once again, I'm just going to say thanks. I gave my big thank you before, but I'm just going to give out one more heartfelt thanks <laughs> to all the people who took part in our interview. Yes, thank you. It's really helpful for us to learn what you, you know, what you know, what you don't know, what's interests you, so that we can develop better content going forward. For anyone who follows us on Instagram, and you want to participate anonymously, definitely respond to the questions when we post them on the story. <laughs> Promise, we'll never use your name unless you want us to. But we'd love to get your feedback and include your responses in. Yeah, and just feel free to email us also with questions or suggestions because we're here, we're waiting, we're listening. We want to give you the coffee information you want. <laughs> That's true, we do. So thank you guys. That concludes this episode of Coffee with the Queen. And this series. And this series of Coffee with the Queen. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back soon with our next series. So we hope to see you in a few weeks. As a reminder, most of what we discussed today is available on our blog, coffeewiththequeen.com, and on our podcast site, coffeewiththequeen.podbean.com. If you like this podcast, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Again, if you have any feedback or topics you'd like discussed, we'd love to hear about it. So please either email us at infowiththequeenbean.com or DM us on social media. Finally, if you'd like to learn more about our coffees, please visit our website, thequeenbean.com. See you at the next series. See you next time, guys. <laughs>